Welcome to the teaching ministry of Paseo del Rey Church in Chula Vista, California. We invite you to open up your Bibles as we join Pastor Gary Bowman for today's message. It's good to see you, and I bring you warm greetings from Africa. And um, I have a deal with uh, the the churches in Zambia. I, I preached four times when I was there. And they have awesome worship there, just like we have awesome worship here. So, Matt, we're going to, for a month or so, trade worship teams. You guys go there and bless them, and we'll bring them here, and they can bless us. So, hopefully, we'll be able to get you all in our suitcase and whatnot. But great worship. They send their greetings uh, and their love for for you. They're so grateful that you would uh, send us uh, to to come and to be with them and... uh, um, and they, and they, just, they just warmly love you. Hey, we're going to open up to 2 Timothy this morning. Uh, 2 Timothy, uh, we're going to kind of do a quick overview of the, of the book of 2 Timothy and pull some things out. But I, ju- I just want to tell you, you need to buckle your seatbelt this morning because I just got back on Wednesday night from Africa and what an adventure we had. And I, I just, I'm, I'm like just super excited uh, to share it with you. So, uh, I, I hope you'll sense that, that I'm a little bit excited about what God's doing there. And what I'm excited about, too, is how God is using Paseo del Rey in Africa to train pastors who train pastors um, to, how to how to study God's Word, how to understand God's Word, how to obey God's Word, and how to teach God's Word. And God has been using you that way in Rwanda over the last three or four years. And he's going to continue to do that now in the country of Zambia over the next three or four years as well. And you're part of this, and it's really significant. So, hey, I thought probably better than anything else to help you catch the vision of what God is doing through you, that, it, that I would bring one of the uh, brothers who is one of the pastors that we're training there. I would bring him to you and let him share with you uh, what God's doing. And I wasn't able to get him in my suitcase, but we got him on video. And I want to tell you that this is what he told me. He was, I was talking with him, and he just started telling me how much he was loving the, the training workshop. And I stopped him. And I said, could I videotape you doing that? And so he said, yeah. So this is not like scripted or planned. It kind of impromptu. And you're going to hear a choir in the background. Uh, that's not your imagination. There, the, this church's choir was practicing while we were uh, listening to Jeremiah, one of the pastors that we're training. So, so take a listen uh, from Jeremiah. Uh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Uh, I'm called Jeremiah, and uh, I'm from PCC Pentecost Churches of Central Africa, and uh, this is um, based in Lusaka, Zambia. And uh, this week it has been so awesome, especially for me because of we had a, a, a tough and a beautiful week. Uh, we have been taken through the pathway training, and this has been so awesome and a great experience because the way this material has been prepared is just in an awesome way. That's can help people, even pastors who have never been to school, academic level, they are able to understand and they are able to get out the Word of God freshly from the Bible. Because the pathway material, it helps people, it's the way it has been narrowed down, it brings clear understanding and clear concept when it comes about the context, about observing the text. It's, it's very, very much clear and it's very helpful, especially to pastors who have never been to school. This is this is a right material, a right and, and, and a great one to help men of God, especially in our context, Africans who have got pastors that have been called but that have never had that chance to go to to academy, to Bible schools, to universities, but when they can have this chance, it can be taking them a long way, a long way in serving God. I'm really, really encouraging this and recommending this pathway material to be taken far, 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 much far. May God bless you, baby. You are so blessing to us. Yeah. Don't you like your new friend? Man. 
So he's one of the 16 pastors in the capital city of Zambia, Lusaka, that we began training just two weeks ago. A week-long training. We're going to talk a whole lot more about that. And so you, you heard him talk about the lack of training, the lack of, of good role models that they have for preachers in Africa. And so that's our question. Why do we, why do we go to the expense? Why do we spend the time and the energy to go to Africa to train pastors? And I think the reason we do is because God wants us to. We believe that God's led us to do this. In 2 Timothy, I think is a great um, encouragement for us in the work that Paseo del Rey that I'm doing there in training pastors who will train other pastors. And so what I want to do this morning is I'm just going to do a flyover of the book of 2 Timothy and just look at maybe three different passages here in 2 Timothy that really drive what we're doing in training pastors who train pastors. When you open your Bible up to the book of 2 Timothy, what you're looking at, what you're reading is the very last um, writings of the Apostle Paul. For the last 30 years or so, without pause, the Apostle Paul has been devoting himself as a pastor and as a missionary to take the gospel everywhere. And so what he would do, we see in the book of Acts, is he would go to a new region and he would share the gospel there. He would share the message of Jesus Christ. He would start little churches. He would train up leaders. He would teach them how to teach the scriptures. And he would pray that that church would grow into a church that there would be fully devoted followers, disciples developed. And those disciples then would take the message and go to the next town, to their relatives, to their friends, across borders, and take this message and do the same, reduplicate exactly what he had done. And so the Apostle Paul has been doing this all over the known world in that day of pastoring and shepherding and, and, and being a missionary. And all along the way, as he's led young men to the Lord, he's raised up pastors and he's taught them how to teach God's word. So here at the end of his life, he has one more letter in him. He's about to die. Probably within, uh, within a month, of his writing of this letter of 2 Timothy, he is going to be martyred. He knows that that's coming. And so it's instructed to us in the very last thing that the Apostle Paul could write, what does he write to all Christians, but particularly to pastors, to the pastors that he's raised up? And one pastor in particular, Timothy, who's this timid young man, what does he write? Uh, what's his last instructions to pastors um, young pastors to new pastors to old pastors as well. And I just want to do kind of a flyover of the book and pull out a couple of things that drive us in what we're doing in Africa. So, for instance, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You then, my son, Timothy, Paul writes, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. As I said, as you know, Paul, uh, Timothy is timid. And the Apostle Paul says, you have all the strength you need in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't, don't back away. Be faithful in the calling of what God's called you to do, to pastor the churches, the local churches that you're pastoring. And then look what he says in verse 2. And the things you have heard me say... In the presence of many witnesses, entrust those same things to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So he's telling Timothy, Timothy, I've taught you the scriptures. Now your job is to teach the scriptures to your congregation, but also to find reliable men who you can entrust those scriptures to who are so reliable that they will then pass those scriptures on to other people. So we've, God's given us his word, especially pastors, but all of us, but especially pastors, not that we just hold on to it, we keep it to ourselves, but we share it with our congregations, we share it with our neighbors, and we find faithful men and women to pass that word on to. And Jeremiah is one of those men. I think he's one of the men that the Apostle Paul would say, yeah, that's the kind of man that I'm talking to. And the other 15 pastors in our, pastor, in our, in our Pathways, Af Pathways Africa uh, group that we're training. And so, so he says, look for other men that you can pass this training on to. And then in chapter 2, a little bit later, verse 14, keep reminding God's people of these things. Timothy, 
you know, you need to know this, that we are forgetful people. You're forgetful. Your people are forgetful. You need to keep reminding um, your congregation. You need to keep reminding other pastors. Keep reminding God's people of these things. And warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. And I think he's talking about, about arguing about words that are beyond the Bible. Um, uh, arguing about the latest theory out here, the latest movement out here. He says, don't, don't wrangle about those things, but instead, verse 15, do your best. You see, God's telling Paul, you can do second or third or fourth work, but he says, I want you to do the best work that you can, and what's the best work that he can do? Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker, not a sluffer, not a get up on Sunday morning, flip your Bible open, and come up with a verse to preach, but do your best to present yourself before God because you know who it is that reviews all sermons? It's not your congregation. It's God. That's who we live for. That's who we preach for. Oh, do we, we want the blessing to God's people, but we want it to be because God has approved that we're preaching his word, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. You hear what Paul's saying is that sometimes when we preach, sometimes when we teach, we should be ashamed. Why? Because we're not handling accurately the word of truth. We're twisting the word or we're making it say what we want it to say. Uh, we're, make, we're, we're preaching it or teaching it for our own benefit. And the apostle Paul says, man, do your best, young Timothy, pastors, to, to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. One more, chapter 4, verse 1. Did you see this theme going through this letter from the about-to-die Pastor Paul to young pastors and to the whole church as well? And look what Paul says here in chapter 4. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. This is pretty serious stuff, right? You who will, who will judge the living and the dead and in a view of his appearing in his kingdom. He's coming back. And he's going to judge us, judge us, not for our salvation, but for how faithful were we to the calling that God put upon our lives, upon your life and upon my lives. Paul says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Paul is not phoning it in. He's at the end of his life. He's not saying, Paul, he's not saying, pastors, take it easy relax, you've done this before. He says, I solemnly give you this charge, preach the word. Notice he didn't say, discover the latest methods, discover the latest, um, uh, uh, the, the things that are popular. No, he says, preach the word, be prepared. Be, when, when you talk about someone that's prepared, they've done some labor and some work. They've been faithful, as chapter 2, verse 15 says. They've, they're handling the word of, word of God accurately. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct and rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around themselves a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. We're living in that day, right? And the Apostle Paul was too. And Africa really is. And this is the reason we want to go to Africa. This is the reason we want to train pastors in Africa. Because for the most part, this is not happening. For the most part, there is not a careful studying and understanding and obeying and applying of God's Word. Now, how do I know that? Have I been all over Africa in every church? Absolutely not. But what I do is I ask pastors. I ask pastors like the pastor that you know, Pastor Jeremiah, how, how do you normally preach? What is your preaching like? And what we discover is we ask these questions, and, I, and, and as I've been in African churches and heard some of the preaching there, I, I've kind of distilled it down that there's kind of two 
kinds of, of, of preaching that normally takes place in Africa from, from the pulpit in, in the local churches. The first kind of preaching that normally takes place, that often takes place, is what I would, we would call an idea preaching or one-word preaching. Idea preaching or one-word or a couple-of-word preaching. So, for instance, what, what the pastor would do is on Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning on the way to church, they would open their Bible to their favorite verse and pull one word out of the verse. And so you know what's preached a lot in Africa is love. You know, that's an easy thing. Oh, we need to love more each other and, and, and tell story after story after story and yet miss the whole, the whole meaning of what the original author meant in that passage. And love is part of it, but there's all, all kinds of other things that the, boss, that the writer wanted to convey to us as well. Let me give you an example. Um, one of the brothers there, I was asking him, tell me about idea preaching. And he says, well, one time he says, um, I heard I was in a church and the pastor uh, got up and he preached from, he opened his Bible and he read uh, a verse. He read Ephesians 5, uh, 22, which is like my favorite verse in the whole Bible. And he, he, he read Ephesians 5, 22, and it says, wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. And so the pastor got up and he read that verse and he began to preach it. Now, Jen, you don't get teased very much. But today, I'll tease you just a little bit, okay? <laughs> Eric says, thank you. So the pastor read the passage, and then he closed his Bible, because he was done, right? Right? This is idea preaching. You know the problem in this church? The problem in this church is women, and he would look at different women in particular, who don't submit to their husbands, that's the problem in this church, because if these women would submit to their husbands more, the offering plates would be overflowing. If you women rub the backs of your husbands more when they ask you to, then your husbands would be more satisfied and they could work harder, and you would work harder, so the offering plates in this church would be fuller. And an important thing when you're preaching, idea preaching, is if you don't know what to say next, say it louder. And so they, they, they raise, the, the more smoke there is, the more effective that they feel it is. Now, what's the matter with that? Are women, are wives supposed to submit to their husbands? Absolutely. The Bible commands it. But you got to look at the whole passage too, right? Because the verse before says, submit to one another. So that means, Eric, you need to submit to Jen as much as Jen needs to submit to you. We need to knock ourselves out submitting to one another. And, 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 the, re, and, and, the, re, and the way we can do that is three verses earlier, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what the passage is about. And so this is the kind of preaching, this one word or idea of preaching that doesn't preach the whole counsel of God. The other style of preaching that, you, you see, there, there didn't have a lot of work need, doesn't need to go into that kind of a sermon, does there? I mean, I could preach that, I'd be happy to preach that sermon and, and, just, go, and just tell story about women that, who are not submissive to their husbands and what it means for our culture and our society and on and on and on. The reason that our country is in a wreck is because women are not submitting to their husbands. And, and I could thump the Bible as I do it. But I'm not teaching the counsel of God, not teaching what that passage is teaching. The other kind of preaching that we oftentimes see in Africa is what we call YouTube preaching. And many Africans have phones. They don't have good internet, but they have phones. And so they'll get together and they'll buy some airtime and they'll Google, uh, they'll Google um, sermons from America and from Canada and from South America and from Nigeria. And they will Google these preachers who have these huge churches and who preach prosperity gospel that teaches that, that you should have your best life now. You should not suffer. You should not want because God is our king and he wants the very best for you now. And suffering is not part of that. And sickness is not part of that. And so they'll go and they'll watch these together. And they look at the huge churches, these guys. Because you can gather a crowd, right? When you promise them prosperity and you blend in the gospel, just enough of the gospel with it. And so they will, they will listen to these sermons and then they will mimic these sermons in their churches. 
And so they will preach these, these sermons that are so twisting of God's Word and so illegitimate of God's Word, but who, that tickle the ears of the hearers, right? Because who doesn't want more? Who doesn't want health? Who doesn't want things to go smoothly in their life? All of us do. And yet the Bible promises a very different path to followers of Jesus Christ, right? So they mimic these sermons by these um, prosperity gospel preachers, these, these really the hucksters of, of the gospel, these faith healers and self-proclaimed apostles. And so there's a lot of smoke, but there's no fire. And there's verses just taken out of context and a whole continent built on them. There's lots of loud but little substance. So here's the problem. It's not that these pastors in Africa don't want to preach God's word. No one's ever trained them. Training, access to training is very small in some of these, these African countries. And so the only models they have are very poor models. They're models where people should be ashamed of what they're preaching from the gospel. You know, th this is one of the things that drove me toward becoming involved with Pathways Africa Ministry and training pastors who will train pastors. In the United States, there is one trained pastor for every 250 people. There's one trained pastor for every 250 people. Around the rest of the world, there is one trained pastor for every 450,000 people. That's a disparity that ought not to be, right? And one of my missions in life is to, is to encourage pastors in the United States to say, we've got enough pastors in the United States. It's a blessing. What a, what a blessing it is. We have so many overtrained pastors like me who can take those, their giftedness and take it to places where they have so little training, so little access. And that's partially what excites me about this ministry. So, Paseo del Rey over the last three or four years, has embraced Pathways Africa as we've worked in Rwanda, and now we're embracing uh, uh, Pathways Ministry into the future, into Zambia. And so as I transition uh, from being your lead pastor on July 29th, uh, 2028, uh, <laughs> this year, uh, 2018, um, like, like six weeks from now, um, I'm going to have a little more time on my hands. And where I'm going to be putting my time and my energy, what our elders and what I believe and April believes is God's calling for us is for me to become your missionary and just devote much more of my time in training pastors in Africa who will train other pastors. And then when I'm back in the United States to be challenging other pastors to come and join us because the need, it's a pretty huge continent. And in Zambia alone, where we are now, 17 million people, and they need the Word of God. They've had enough entertainment. They've had enough of their ears being tickled by pastors who should be ashamed of themselves, who are not deliberate, but have never been taught, have never had access to training. And so that's what we want to do. So uh, we want to train pastors who train other pastors how to study and obey and teach and understand God's Word in Africa. So why Pathways Africa? What do we, wh here's our question. What, what do we love about, what do, what do I love about Pathways Africa? So I'm going to tell you four things that I love about Pathways Africa. And the first is it's relational. Now that's probably a surprise to most of you that I'd be interested in something like that. But the training is all about relationships. Relationships, I believe, are the bridge to all ministry. And so what we do, uh, we, um, we, we, we have a network, and in that network of trainers, we have 16 pastors. We have 16 pastors. And we meet with them. They get a pre-assignment. And we meet with them for a week we do the, the uh, workshop number one, and then we leave for four months, and they have a pre-assignment, and we come back and we do workshop number two with the same group of 16 pastors. And we, then we leave them for about four months, pre-assignment. We come back again for the third workshop, the same group of 16 pastors, and we do that for three years. So you've got nine workshops over three years, 
in which we are developing and growing deeper and deeper in relationship. There's always two pastors from the U.S. with these 16 pastors. I love the small group. I love the 16. Because what happens over time is we will be in probably in every one of their homes. We will be in every one of their churches. We will laugh with them, and boy, can they laugh. And do they hug, and do they love? And so we'll be in their churches. We'll begin to tell, be able to share stories and life on life. We'll share our burdens. They'll share their burdens. We'll pray together. We'll, as I say, we'll be in their churches. We will know their lives. And what does that do? Is when the deeper your relationship, the more you're able to speak truth into people's lives, right? And they're able to speak truth back into our lives. And so we're able to really know what their needs are. And I love this relational element of Pathways. You know, I think there's a place for one guy standing up and, and teaching 500 people, and then they fly out of the country. I think there's value in that, but for me, not. Because I want to have those relationships, and those, they to have those relationships. Because I think that's where the most growth really happens. So we, we love that. You've already met Jeremiah. Let me introduce you to a couple of other of our pastors. Here's Kenneth. Uh, I tell you, they're, they're, you, you see his joy, don't you? Now, they, don't, they smile a lot, but as soon as you get your camera out, they stop smiling. So you have to trick them. Now, you just say, smile, and mm, they keep their... They, man, they are, they are beautiful people. Kenneth is one of our, one of our pastors. This is, this is Derek, not Derek Olson. But one of the reasons I love Derek, I just met him two weeks ago, because he, remi he reminds me of our Derek, uh, our wonderful associate pastor. This... Look at this guy. Yeah. This is Paul, Paul Cajolo, Bishop Paul Cajolo. I think Paul, so far, is my favorite. And I know you're not supposed to have favorites, teachers, are you? But you do, right? I love Paul Cajolo because this, this picture of him, his head kind of cocked back, a smile. And if you could hear the crackle in his laugh, he laughs this deep belly laugh. And I met him last December. And uh, when we were over there doing a pre our pre-training for this group in Lusaka, and um, I, I went to preach at his church. He asked me to preach at his church. So he picked me up, and we're driving along, and uh, the roads are, are nice and paved, and then they got bumpier, and then they got more potholed, and then they got all potholed, and then they turned into dirt, and then it turned into a little trail. And I thought, is this my last meal you know, I mean, will I be the last meal? Here, I said, where are these guys? There's two guys I've never met before in my life, and they're driving me, and we are out in the middle of nowhere, and we turn into even more of a nowhere, into the, into the poorest place I've ever been in my life, a shanty town. If you looked up the de de definition of shanty town, this is where Paul lives. It's an it's a area of Lus outside of Lusaka where all the uh, migrants come, all the refugees come. And when I preached in his church last year, there were people from Rwanda, from Burundi, from the DRC, from Sudan, from Zimbabwe, from Namibia, uh, from all, all over Africa as refugees who have fled uh, here to this shanty. Because this is where they come. It's the only place they can afford a place to live. It's, um, and as we pulled in and we started going through these, these just mess of huts, uh, he said, roll up your window. And so I rolled my window up, and uh, he said, you just never know what will happen here. <laughs> April! <You know? laughs> and so we came to his church, and he's got this church just full of migrants, and it, it was just, I mean, I cried when I walked into this church and met some of these people. And as he introduced me to many of them, and, and then I had the opportunity to preach. And Paul is the kind of the grandfather. He, he, he's younger than I am, but he's some, somewhat of a grandfather to the other pastors. And he trains up pastors and then sends them out. And I, I said to Paul, uh, we, had, we had lunch with he and his wife, Grace, and uh, some of their five kids were in and out. And um, I, I said to him, I said, Paul, why do you stay here? He lives there. He says, this is where the need is. This place needs Jesus more than anywhere else in Africa. I'm just so, I am so privileged to work alongside a guy like this. I know nothing about sacrifice when you stand with a man like this. He is the real deal. Bish, pray for Bishop Paul Cajolo and his wife Grace. 
they choose to raise their kids in one of the a, a hellish type place because they want people there to know Jesus Christ. <sighs> what a blessed man I am. What a privilege to know and work along. I'm going to bring him back one of these times. You would love Paul. Ah, uh, Deborah. She is a jewel of a pastor and a Bible teacher. She has some of the best insights I've ever heard. And who's next? Oh, yes. <laughs> Harris with the great smile. Harris is the leader. He's our, our leader of the group. Uh, we have a, commit, a leadership team, and Harris is that leadership team. So, relational, yeah, that's what I love about Pathways. Secondly, I love that it's interactive. As I said, it's not, uh, it's, there's a lot of teaching, but there's a lot of interaction, a lot of breaking down into groups of three. And in Rwanda, when we broke into groups of three, we had no idea what the groups were saying because they were not speaking English. They were speaking Kenya Rwanda. And unless you had an interpreter with you, and we only had one for the whole group, you didn't know what was going on. But English, it was a British colony, and so English is the um, uh, official first language, not spoken by everyone, but, m but all of our pastors speak English fairly well. So when we get into groups of three, I can come and sit down and listen and interact with them and encourage them. And yeah, you got it. You saw it. And, and it, it, it's just so wonderful. So we're, we're really interactive. And so we'll teach and then we'll small group and we'll have discussion because that's where learning comes the best, right? Kind of iron sharpening iron. Sometimes it's chaotic, they'll get talking, and it's just like, whoa, you're riding a buck and bronco. So ch check this out. Here's Corey Kugel, uh, my pastor partner who was there with me, and uh, Corey trying to lead a group discussion. Take a look. Good evening. is there. But is there. Storm is there at the end. Violent storm arose. Verse 4, right? Yes, there, verse 4. So, Chris, verse 4? At the end of week, you say the result of the wind was the storm. Okay. He sent the wind. So, Chris, what you're saying right there, Jonah disobeys, okay, verse 3, and then we get to verse 4, God. You see, Corey just kind of, ah, I hope it comes back, right? But that's where a lot of the learning takes place. So it's very, very interactive, and I love that. So the, the third thing that I love about Pathways is it's so biblical. And, and this is so cool. Um, the way Pathways is set up, there's, there's these nine workshops, week-long workshops that we do over three years, and they're all based in a Bible book. So the first one is, book, is based in the book of Jonah. And so we use the book of Jonah. You heard it right there on that video. We use the book of Jonah to teach Bible studies tools. And then the second workshop is on the book of 2 Timothy. So we use the book of 2 Timothy. We work all the way through it using the tools we learned in the first workshop. New tools in the second workshop we apply to learn. Then the third one it will be in the book, part of the book of Genesis. We use the tools. So it builds on each other tools from the first workshop, second work, third workshop, and we are starting to put them together as we study the book of Genesis. So it's cool. We're, we're in the text. We're not just academic. We're looking at the text. We're wrestling. Where did the wind come from? And one of the things that they discovered, I don't know if you noticed this or not, they kept their finger in the text. I have no idea where they got that idea. They kept their finger in the text. Where did the wind come from, they were asking. They thought it had come from the devil. But the text says something very different. God sent the storm. God sent them. That was a new revelation to them as they slowed down and studied the text. They keep their finger in the text. So here's a couple of pictures of us interactively teaching. Here's Corey uh, teaching. That's our, uh, and then in a small group, there's Paul on the left, your good friend Paul. And then here I'm uh, working with a small group as well. We were meeting in a, in a small church there and worked out just great. That's where we'll be, I think. And then here's with a group of guys. I, I love how they dress. And they'll pretty much wear the same thing all week long. You know, they, they pretty much wear their best. And, uh, and they have a really cool and interesting tradition. A lot of them wear suits 
But they leave the tag on, the designer tag, who it was made by. At first, the first time I saw that, I, I wanted to help cut it off, you know, because that'd be embarrassing, right? If, I, if I'm ever preaching and I have that label that says whatever, um, Macy's or whatever, or Kmart right there, uh, you, you know, I don't know why, but you'll, you, you'll see that in some pictures. And then they preach. Each of them preach every week during the workshop, and they dress up for their preaching. And he's going to loan me that, by the way, for my last Sunday here. This is, this is what I'm going to, this is Richard preaching. Now, let me tell you a little bit about their preaching is it's pretty rough. It's loud. It's emphatic. It's incredibly entertaining. I can just sit there and just listen to it all day. But at the end, we say, we say, that was really neat. But it, was it in the text? <laughs> Well, one of the words was in the text. <laughs> yeah, the word the. That was the only one that was there. And it is so cool in Rwanda that where we finished this, these three a year for three years to have seen these guys grow and develop. And I told you this, that in about workshop six or seven in Rwanda, when one of the brothers, um, he got up to preach, I just, I just cried as he preached this incredible message from, the book, from a chapter or a section in the book of Colossians where, you know, a year and a half or whatever earlier, he was shouting and one word and prosperity and, and, and it's just, guys, it's great. And their churches notice. Their churches say, pastor, something's different. You're feeding us, not entertaining us. You're feeding us. And, and so, so um, it's biblical, it's biblical. And here's the fourth thing that I love. I love more than four things, but um, it's the fourth thing we want to say is it's transferable. So everything we do, we, we, we are light on lecture because we want them to be able to reduplicate this training. See, if, if, if it's all about what we know and how smart we are and how slick our sermons are, they won't be able to pass that along. But we want to make it so transferable, everything we do, that they can teach others. So here's how it happens. We did Jonah in Lusaka, finished up a week ago. Um, we did Lusaka. And before these 16 pastors come back for 2 Timothy, they have committed to teach at least two other pastors what they learned in the, for, that, that they learned in the week of the workshop. So we tell them all week long, guys, be thinking about the guys you're going to be training. You've got the notebook. You've got all the materials. You're taking notes like crazy. You're going to pass this on. Don't keep it to yourselves. Pass it on because we want to we uh, not just add. We want to multiply other trained pastors. We're training pastors who train pastors. And so, you know, that'd be easy just to tell them that. And we come back to 2 Timothy and nothing has happened. Well, we won't, we're not going to let that happen. So we said, we told them on the, on the last day, guys, we're going to have you write down the names of the people that you're going to be training so that when we come back in September to do 2 Timothy, we're going to ask how it's going. Now, that doesn't assure that it's going to happen, right? But at least it gives them a sense of accountability. So we passed around a pad. We had them sign up. Who are you going to be uh, leading uh, training with the training that you received here? Who are you going to pass this training on to? And we had them talk about it with us. So here's, the, here's just a couple of pages of the notepad. Uh, Timbo, here are the, he's going to teach some branch pastors. I know it's hard to under, read. Under Vision Bible Church. Uh, the, the church that he's, the denomination that he's part of. That's, he's going to train some pastors. Then he lists some of their names. Pastor this and pastor that. Now look at the second page of this. This is, this is what I special. Peter, brother Peter. He is going to train people in a refugee camp, the leaders in a refugee camp in Sowezi, northwest Zambia. So he's going to a refugee camp where there's some pastors working there. He's going to go train these pastors to train the, to, to train them in what he's learned. Think of the refugees that are there from all over Africa who now will be getting taught God's word and take it back home when they go home. Another brother is going to another country, to Zimbabwe, uh, which is to the south and a little bit to the east, I suppose, of um, Zambia. And he's going to go down there to a refugee camp and train some pastors there. This is what Paseo del Rey is doing through pathways, 
through Pathways Africa. So we want to make sure it's transferable. It's transferable. So we're relational, we're interactive, we're biblical, and we're transferable. We want to train pastors who train pastors. So where, is, where in the world is Zambia? Is it in South America? Is it in Antarctica? Well, here it is. Here it is. It's a little, they say, a bow tie-shaped country. And you say, how in the world does a country get shaped like that? I just have one word for you. Two words. The British. <laughs> this is how the British divided it up. And it's a, it's a, it used to be northern Rhodesia. But finally, it, this is a new country. Zambia is a new country. It was established in 1964 when they declared independence from Britain. And Britain gave them their independence. So it's a baby country, 17 million people, uh, and, and, and wonderful, wonderful people. So what we did, we were in Zambia for a couple of weeks. So we started a brand new group in Lusaka, in Lusaka. And here's the group. Here's all of our pastors there, the 16 or so pastors. And they've got their notebooks that Paseo del Rey put together and paid for. And they are, they're so happy to have those Pathways uh, notebooks that all of their notes will go in so that they're able to transfer this. And we, we say, we don't want you guys just to get a notebook and take it home. I've been to so many conferences and I brought the notebooks home and stacked them in the stack, right? <laughs> I'm done with that. These are notebooks that they'll take to train other pastors. Thank you, Paseo Del Rey. They thank you for that. Here's the leadership team uh, from there. There's Paul. Notice where he is. He's my right-hand man there. Uh, he's just, he's in, oh, oh, go, go back, go back. Thank you, man. Now, so we started a group in Zambia. So going back in September, go back in January, go back in May, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, over the next three years. The fellow on the right, his na name is Teddy Kwamfa. He's a Zambian pastor. He is a, he, you can tell, he's just an incredible guy. And he's also very good friends with Natan Kamanga, one of our church's missionaries. Natan and Michelle live in South Africa. They've been a missionary of Paseo del Rey for 25 years or more. He, they were here last year. Um, Natan was here last fall. Natan and I were having breakfast together. I took him to the airport, and I said, hey, he said, hey, you're going to Zambia. He says, I know somebody in Zambia. And I said, oh, really? Who? He says, this guy named Teddy Kwafa. He is incredible. So we got in touch, started sharing the vision. So he picked me up at the airport in December, Teddy did. And, and uh, the first thing he said to me, can we take this other places? And every time I see Teddy, he says, where else can we train pastors? He says, I've got pastors all over Zambia who are hungry for training like this of how to rightly divide God's word, how to be approved by God as they study God's word. He says, they've got pastors all over Zambia. He says, where? I said, well, Teddy, that's music to my ears. And so Teddy and I began to pray and others began to pray of perhaps where else we could take this training. So on the, after, after the Zambia training was completed uh, a week ago now, over the weekend, Teddy and I traveled 300 miles southeast to the border of Zimbabwe to a city called Livingstone, there was a famous missionary that many of you know of, David Livingstone. And we traveled to that city, and Teddy had gathered together 42 pastors in Livingston in the nicest church in town, the Anglican church there, for what we call a pre-training workshop where we give them a sample in one day of what we do in Pathways. And at the end of the day, I was exhausted doing this workshop all by myself. We were, they were so excited and asking questions. And at lunch, they kept saying, will you do this here? Will you do this in, in Livingston? Will you train us? And, um, and so at the end of the day, uh, we said, um, yes, we will do this here in Livingston, but only 16 of you are going to be able to be part of it. We told them that earlier in the day too. I was literally swamped by guys. Can I, can I be, can I, can I be one? And I said, you know what? That's not my decision, thank goodness. That's the leadership team. Let's see the next slide. Oh, more, just more training there. Uh, more, more training in this pre-workshop. And, and so here's our leadership team. And I'd ask you to pray because tomorrow, Monday, this team of four pastors and one more 
who wasn't there at this, when the photo was taken, will be deciding which 16 we will be training in our Pathways workshop. Now, what happens to the other uh, 42 minus 16, whatever that is? Well, they will be trained by these guys, by these 16. See, they're ripe. They're ready. So here's the cool thing was we're doubling our efforts already in Zambia. So what I'll do is, is, is I and another pastor, U.S. pastor, will go. We'll do the Lusaka workshop one week. And then over the weekend, we'll travel the 300 miles down to Livingstone. And we'll do the second workshop down there. So already we're training 32 pastors. But here's the best part, right? who will train other pastors. That's their commitment right from the beginning. Before you even start, we, we, I, I, we tell them, please don't come unless you're committed to do this. And I have a lot of fun with them. It, it's easy to have rapport with these people. They are so relational. Um, the church I preached in last Sunday, um, I, got, I, I left the, the place I was staying at 9 o'clock in the morning. They picked me up. And I, I didn't get home until 6 o'clock that night because they want to hang out. They want to feed you. They, I, I thought I was going to have a baby when I came home after, after the way they fed me over there. They want to talk. They want to laugh. They want to rub your arm if you have hair on your arm. They want to rub your arm because they can't believe uh, that. So we're already, we're doubling. So, so there's the Livingston group. Uh, we're training pastors who train uh, pastors. So I do this. I need you. I need you. I can't do this by myself. I couldn't have done Rwanda. You did Rwanda. And I can't do Zambia without you. We believe that God's calling us, and our elders believe God's calling us to become missionaries of Paseo del Rey Church and devote our time and our energy and our hearts to training pastors like Jeremiah and like Paul and like Alik and, and our others in, in this group and then our, our group uh, down in Livingston as well. But, but we need you. April and I will continue to live in San Diego, but I'll be in Africa three or four times a year for three to four weeks a year. Part of what I'll be doing there, most, my heart is in the training, but we're also looking for other areas to do more workshops there. And so when I'm back, some of, the some of my time, what I'll be doing is looking for other pastors and challenging them to come and join us in this work, whether it's once a year or twice a year or three times a year. We want to challenge, and then we want to train those other pastors like I've trained the pastors that are working with me there now. And because we need, that, that's, the, that's kind of the, 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 the bottleneck, is more U.S. pastors that get trained to come with us. There's lots and lots of needs. So here's what I want to ask you to do, if you would. In your bulletin is a picture of me with a couple of, of brothers, um, uh, Berkey Moss, and um, Jean, and this is in Rwanda, because when we did this, we didn't have pictures from uh, Zambia. But this is a card that if you like, you can stick somewhere uh, to remind you to think about us and to pray for us um, as, we do, as we train pastors in, um, in, Z in Zambia. But I want to ask you to partner with me in prayer and financially. We cannot do this without you. We, we, we wouldn't want to do it without you, and we can't do it without you. And so you'll see on the flip side of this, you can, you can look at that side. There's extras back by the back door. But on the other side is a response card. And what we're asking is for many of you to join us as our financial partners in this work. That's the only way that, that this is going to happen. We're going to ask you to make a, a monthly commitment, if, you, if God would lead you to do that, or an annual financial commitment to help to make this work work and become even more fruitful. Um, all, all of the gifts that you give, they'll be given directly to Paseo del Rey. You just mark pathways um, down in the memo area. They're all given through the, to the church, so they're all tax deductible. They're all administered through the church. The church will do all the financial details and accountability and keeping track of all of that because I'm your missionary. I'm Paseo del Rey's missionary. And, and as always, we always give first to our local church. I've always taught you that, and I'm going to continue to teach that. You always give your best and your first fruits to the local church. And so I would plead with you, please do not make a commitment to me except if it's over and above what you're currently giving to Paseo del Rey Church or your local church. 
That's the only way it works. We've always, need, we've always said that we always need to give to our local church generously and sacrificially first. And then we give over and above that for special ministries like this. So I just ask you to pray about that. Um, we don't expect you to hand this in today because you didn't know that it was going to be there. So we'll have it in the bulletin again next week. We have a website. You can go to this website. It's listed on the front side of this, Pathways. Uh, africa.org. You can go there. You can give through the website or sign up to give. Find out more information about it. It's right there in your bulletin as well. But um, we would just ask you to make an in- eternal investment because right now there's a, there's a famine on God's Word in Africa, in Zambia. There's a famine of God's Word. And you know what God's Word does to your life. And what we desire is a feast of God's Word the congregations all over Zambia and even beyond will be taught God's Word accurately and truly so that men and women's lives will be changed. There would be hope. There would be growth in their lives. And you are part of that. Well, I want to introduce you just to one last friend, one of our, one of our pastors. His name is Alik and have him share. And again, this was just spontaneous. He started telling me this. I said, let me get my video. Let me get my phone out. So let's listen to Elik as he shares about the week that we had there together. I just want to say thank you for sending the pathways guys to come to Zambia. And this is what we are running here. Uh, These guys are doing great, great job. Because before I was preaching the Bible in a shortcut way, I was preaching the message of God in a shortcut way, but now I am able to know the author, who is the author, and who are the original readers, then the application now to us today. And uh, I really thank God. You guys, you are doing a great job. Continue uh, of what you are doing. And God will surely reward you. Thank you so very much. I am Alec. I'm Pastor Alec Tembo, pastoring a church called Division Bible Church International. All right. Isn't that cool? You're making a difference in his church and other pastors there. If you want, you can drop that card in the offering plate today if you're ready to do that, but uh, you can do it at a later time as well.